Hey Hope family, welcome to another Hope Daily and another look at 1 Kings. Today we'll be in 1 Kings chapter 3, and this is a pretty fascinating story for many reasons, not all of which we'll be able to get in today. Let's read it briefly, uh, chapter 3 verses 1 to 14. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still searching at the sacrificing at the high places because a temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you, and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for the discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never be anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. So Solomon is making sacrifices on the high places since the temple has not yet been built. And God appears to him and says he will give him anything he wishes. What an opportunity, right? Something that in some ways we've all dreamed of. And I'm pretty sure I've even talked about here on a Hope Daily in the past. If you could get anything we wanted from God or a genie, what would you wish for? And you can't ask for more wishes. Some of our honest answers may be more altruistic than others, but several of us probably would at least be tempted to get greedy. Or we would justify greedy asks by saying, we do it for good. Give me a lot of money so I can feed the poor and clothe the naked. Give me a super strength so I can protect the vulnerable, etc. Solomon could have done any of these things, but instead he asked for a wise and discerning heart. God is clearly impressed and pleased. Solomon didn't ask for the death of his enemies, for riches or a long life. So God says he will give him a wise and understanding heart. But more than that, he will receive both wealth and honor. A generous God. So Solomon gets what he asked for and ostensibly gets what he needs as well. And there's no doubt that Solomon was wise. This is clear in many, though not all, of his dealings as king. It's clear in the Proverbs we have preserved of his, and Ecclesiastes is often credited to Solomon as well, and it shows wisdom. Yet, the reign of a united Israel ends with Solomon, and it's not entirely because of, his, because of the lack of leadership from his son, though that didn't help. 
And the cracks began with David, his father, but they definitely grew deeper and deeper and unsalvageable with Solomon. Solomon had more wisdom than anyone, and yet he was unable to keep the kingdom intact. Despite his wisdom, he made really bad personal decisions. When we went through the book of Deuteronomy, I remember pointing out that Deuteronomy 17, 16-17 reads like it was written with Solomon in mind. It says, Only he, being the future king, must not acquire many horses for himself or cause the people to return to Egypt in order to acquire many horses, since the Lord has said to you, You shall never return that way again. And he shall not acquire many wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he acquire for himself excessive silver and gold. Well, in today's reading, we already saw a return to Egypt in some way by an alliance and marriage to Pharaoh's daughter. Later, in 1 Kings 10, 26, and then 11, 1 to 3, and verse 21, we read, And Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen. In the verses that follow, guess where he got them from? Yes, Egypt. Then down to chapter 11, verses 1 to 3, we read, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidian, and Hittite women, from the numerous, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after the gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives who were pr princesses and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. Again, not great. We have returns to Egypt, acquiring of many horses, and the accumulation of many wives. That's two. Can we make it a three for three with excessive silver and gold? Well, verse 21 of chapter 11 says, All of King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. None were of silver. Silver was not considered as anything in the days of Solomon. Now, lest we think this is a good thing that he didn't have a lot of gold or a lot of silver, just gold. He had so much gold that silver was considered nothing. So three for three, he accumulates horses, he accumulates wives, and he accumulates riches. All his wisdom, and yet he lives in defiance of God's word. He acts contrary to how God has instructed a king to live. There is clearly wisdom in asking for wisdom, the seeds of something good. But what it turns into is not something good. And I don't know where Solomon went wrong. Perhaps he was so clearly wiser than the rest that he thought himself above the consequences of his actions, that he could outsmart the game. But regardless of the rationale and reasoning behind it, clearly Solomon's faith was not in what God had given him, wisdom, wealth, and even honor. He did not use what God had given him to lead others well, but instead to make a name for himself, to secure himself. Asking God for wisdom is a lesson that we should take from Solomon. It's echoed in James 1.5, where we are told, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But there's more to that lesson. When we ask for wisdom, or anything from God, we should be ready to submit that gift to the will of the gift giver. Solomon did not do that, and he wrecked a nation. My life isn't likely to have that big of an impact, but we can wreck families, relationships, careers, and more. But if we seek God's wisdom and use it for his glory, we can also build a kingdom. Take time today to reflect on what God has given you and how you have been using it. Ask God to show you how you can use your gifts 
for his glory.